Jamaican castor oil, shea butter, coconut oil, aloe vera, argan oil, cocoa butter. Today we're talking about generations of skincare. What did you learn from your mama's dressing room? What habits do you have today around skincare, good and bad, and where did they come from? Your particular life ethos of trying everything you see on TikTok, especially if it's a 13-year-old on there who swears it worked on their long-term acne. Your patented style of not showering in January mornings and getting specifically on my Northern Line train with two jackets on. Yeah. What are your generations of skincare? Look at me, mommy. I'm strong. I'm beautiful. I'm black. I'm strong. I'm beautiful. I'm black. Hey y'all, welcome back to the Every Shade Podcast, and today we're talking about generations of skincare. This episode was inspired by a conversation I had with a wonderful group of women in my life. We were talking about the habits, rituals, routines we remembered from our childhoods, and how they'd evolved over time. One of the ladies mentioned Dettol baths, and everybody started nodding. Y'all remember Dettol baths? If you've been out playing and had the misfortune of a graze near your elbow, do you remember that sting? They put a cap full in a bucket of water, it would turn cloudy, and then off you went. Do you remember shea butter for your hair and your body mixed up in the palm with a little bit of oil? We talked about astral cream, aqueous cream, coconut oil, that speed to grease up after a bath, black soap, of course. Despite growing up in different parts of the world, different times, and in different circumstances, my friends and I had this common thread in some of our stories, and so I thought, let's put this out. Let's see what everyone else picked up along the way. I'm going to call out a few names, and depending on your... Let's call it tenure, shall we? This will either be complete gibberish, you'll think I'm having some sort of aneurysm, or you'll have like this knowing smile on your face. So let's start. One, imperial leather soap. (laughs) Two, Piers soap. Three, a lot of body. Four, blue magic. Five, 1006. If all of that rang a loud bell, let me know because I think you and I could be pretend friends. I walked into a store in Hong Kong recently, a relatively large store, like they had a fresh fish counter. And this is my gauge, right? If you were confident enough to take the gamble on poisoning people with fresh fish, you're a big player. They had the usual overpriced coconut oil in the body department. Then I spotted the same jar of coconut oil in the food section, but it was cheaper. How can this be? Like, were the barcodes different? Who knows? But some of my skincare habits have involved buying walnut oil, avocado oil from the cooking aisle. From my hair, I've definitely purchased oils from those same aisles. And while I'd like to think I came up with all of this smartness and frugalness on my own, frugalness? Frugality? I'm not sure. I firmly recall as a kid being sent into the kitchen to get something for my hair or a wound or a scratch. When my mom would do a treatment for my hair, all the ingredients would come from the kitchen. The little facials we would do, I recall a honey mixture of some sort. I also recall a lot of steam. Steam for my hair, steam for my face, steam when I was ill. If you look back, steam was popular with the Aztecs, the Egyptians, and if you've had the pleasure of a hammam ritual, you'll know this too. So many things we take for granted, how we cleanse, how we wash, how we hydrate, how we moisturize, the core of our routines. Where did we learn this stuff? And the bad habits too. How far back were these locked into our brains? How much of what we know now is from generations of beauty tips passed on to us? What are the generations of your skincare and how have you honored these? How much of that stuff is actually worth keeping in our routines and what should we definitely be leaving out? 
The ancient Egyptians indulged in milk baths. I thought long and hard about how I can replicate this and every idea ends up in cheese. They would exfoliate with sea salts. They'd have clay, olive oil, also as part of their skincare regimen. Ancient Greeks were also big on milk and honey, olive oil too. In the Renaissance era, everything from rose water to mercury, lead, and chalk, even vinegar for pimples. Ayurvedic beauty remedies with neem, turmeric, sandalwood. The 1800s gave us Vaseline, the gift that apparently keeps on giving. The 1900s gave us sunscreen, Clinique, and Clarisel. Tell me somebody remembers Clarisel. Ponds, and of course, die-hard oil of Olay. Most people don't know, but Olay, when it was named by the South African chemist, was coined from lenolin, the key ingredient. They decided to change the name where it was marketed so that it would, you know, come across better. So in the UK, if that's where you first came across it, you would have heard oil of Eule. If your first contact was in Germany, you would have heard, I think, oil of Olaz. Anyway, 10 quantum leaps later to 2000s, and that gave us approved cosmetic Botox. If you go back far enough, you'll see this continuing theme of seeds, leaves, flowers, animal fats, scrubs. And so many of these are still useful today, right? So try soaking your legs in some sea salt water. For the most part, you can see why these remedies are popular. There's actual science behind why these ingredients worked, why they still work. Minus the, you know, the lead, the mercury, and the, the chocolate. Everything from the rose water to the saffron to the honey, all packed with minerals, antioxidants, vitamins, emollients, anti-inflammatories. And I'm sure across the world, there are so many more of these ancient rituals that we, as the privileged recipients of that ancestry, should really be looking to celebrate. I don't mean going to your local beauty store and buying a $200 jar of something that may or may not contain one of these ingredients. I mean taking ownership of that heritage. It's yours. Come on. Learning about the generations of your skincare and giving maybe one thing a go, and then telling me about it because I love this stuff. I don't need too much inducement to mix up a batch of anything. Start small, start local if you can. I don't need anybody asking me where to buy frankincense this Christmas. The one thing that my mama or her mama didn't use was makeup, which is probably why now, when I try and use makeup, I get 1998 drag queen vibes. I still long for the day when I can pull off smoky eyes. Now, not everything we got from mama's dressing room. Some things we picked up along the way from college, work, your first shared apartment. Bad habits like face planting in bed after a night out, waking up to all that beat face on the pillow. The really difficult one, I think, is touching your face. I read somewhere we touch our face up to 23 times in one hour. I'm not sure if it's true, but given everything we touch in between, Lord. Maybe the COVID masks did help reduce that a bit, but then again, maybe they worsened your acne. For some people, when they're stressed out, they touch their faces a lot more. I tried slapping my hand every time I caught myself touching my face during COVID. That was not a success. And then there's the pimple poppers. <laughs> Somebody should do a cartoon about superhero pimple poppers. Pimple poppers. They could do to the, the theme song of, of Captain Planet. Their mission, no, no, their superpower would be popping pimples without any scarring. Yes. There's something gratifying about popping something, isn't there? Almost like bubble wrap, only with ooze. <laughs> ooze. Someone showed me those videos on YouTube where people just pop things. They zoom in, they work the ingrown hairs and God knows what else is in there. And they pop this bump, this bulge and some other protuberance. And there's a following for this. There's, there's actually a following of people. But I suppose there's an audience for everybody. I recall meeting a chap in Germany who was particularly tickled by balloons being popped. That being said, there are situations in which a dermatologist will pop. As mundane as it sounds, there is an art to pimple popping. If you're going to DIY pop, pop with care. Habits, good ones, bad ones, some as big as your head. They say rather than break a bad habit, replace it with a good habit. Add a routine at the end of something it is you know you do. So if you brush your teeth, I, I sincerely hope you brush your teeth, start cleansing your face straight after. If you take a long bath each night, don't. It's bad for the planet. The list of habits that I'm personally trying to break is so long. Everything from cutting down coffee to drinking more water, 
more room temperature water, Chinese style, obviously, to uh, declassifying sweet potato fries as part of my five a day. We all struggle with these deeply ingrained habits. However, my encouragement to myself today is I take my 14 vitamins almost daily now. Until next time, y'all, it's every shade.